Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It is, of course, the home of common sense, the place to find the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You don't have to look too far uh, to find it here either. You don't have to dull through all sorts of ridiculous clouds of nonsense. You don't have to worry about uh, the bias of the BBC. You don't have to worry in any way about what Sky News is going to tell you because instead what you need to do is listen to Talk Radio where more and more people are realising that actually the unvarnished truth is what they want to hear because in the end... You can make up your own mind about what the government is doing, why they're doing it, and what on earth the end game is, because we will give you the information, we will tell you what we think, and then you can tell us what you think as well. 0344-499-1000. We are faced this morning, ladies and gentlemen, by yet another series of hurdles to jump over, a new collection of chicanes to negotiate, and a series of new challenges as cooked up by this government of ours, which seems intent on driving everybody slowly insane with its petty, pointless, and perfectly predictable meddling. Christmas is up for grabs, but we're told not to do any unnecessary socialising, whatever that means. Parties are being cancelled, but there's apparently no need to cancel your own. The new COVID restrictions are due to last until March, even though not many people know what they actually are. And if you want to book a holiday to get the hell out of here for a while, good luck with that, because nobody knows what you're supposed to be doing. What you, what, which test you need to get, which test you need to get when you come back, which test you need to get before you go, what you need to do while you're in the air. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? The relentless and overbearing nature of Boris and his henchmen mean that we will still not know what's going on, uh, what's going to be banned, what's going to be allowed. Uh, we're just not going to know until the end of the school term. So if you're trying to take your kids anywhere, as I am, you have no clue what to do. Up first this morning, we've got William Close, the leader of the Social Democratic Party. We'll get his take on the big stories of the week, uh, including the parliamentary report on the illegal migrant problem. Plus, he's got some new policies to unveil for us as well. Coming up, Tonya Buxton is also here. She's going to be mad as hell with a new mask mandate, which doesn't appear to be making a whole lot of difference to most people in shops or on public transport. And we'll be seeking the guidance of Dr. Wakar Rashid on the subject of cancelled cancer appointments and a general state of the NHS, which is still pretty parlous, it has to be said. It's also the return of Boris and Keir uh, at the Prime Minister's Questions show. Uh, We'll get Peter Cardwell, our political editor, uh, on for that. Plus, we're talking Meghan and Harry and how Sheffield has made a stand against the wokists. People wanted street names changed because of slavery. They're not doing it. Thanks very much indeed. It could be the start of something. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the home of Common Sense, the most fast-growing radio station on the planet. This is Tool Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Now, I'm delighted to say, after many, many months, probably years, actually, of conversations that we've done over the Zoom period, uh, William Clouse is actually here in the studio. William, welcome to London. Welcome to the home of Common Sense, the News UK. It's all yeah. happening. Fantastic to be here after. I think we've done about 20. <laughs> and, uh, and I've done them from Northumberland, where I live. But, but I've done them from Orkney as well, so it's fantastic. Yeah, and I, didn't, I don't think I knew you'd done one from Orkney, yeah, so that yeah, was quite, yeah, quite yeah. a revelation today. Yeah. But great to meet you. Yeah. Um, people have been very um, complimentary about our conversations because Mm. one of the things we like to do here is to get people like yourself on who perhaps don't get that much oxygen of publicity Mm. elsewhere Mm. Uh, finding voices finding people with ideas which you've got finding different political parties because so many people are fed up with the status quo they're fed up with Keir Starmer and his Mm. his crappy policies Mm. they're fed Mm. up with Boris Johnson and this kind of Mm. relentless 
um, overbearing nature of, of what used to be conservatism, but has now turned into something we're, else. We're badly governed, Mike. We really we're are. Now. And not just at national level, we're badly governed locally. Mm. We seem to be badly governed globally. Mm. You know, mm. um, we mm. got out of the EU mm. and we would like to think we're in a better place than we were. And I think that probably is true. But there's still lots of things that we need to fix, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, the, the migrant issue in the channel is one of those. Yeah. And uh, we should talk about that because basically uh, Johnson won a referendum campaign on taking back control. Yeah. And then he won the 2019 general election on bringing, you know, effectively doing Brexit. Right. But he's got control, but he doesn't want to use it. And um, I've done a few interviews on, on the migrant crisis. And, uh, you know, the reality is you either have a secure border or you don't. Mm. And, if and we you, don't. We don't. And, and, and the fundamental reason we don't is that the government doesn't want us to. Mm. And I think more and more people are realising that yeah. because as we listen to... I had an MP on the other day called David Simmons who actually yeah. turns out to be the chair of the Migration Committee. Mm. And he gave away the, 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 the store, basically, by admitting, mm. well, we have to do our fair share, yeah. something I've never understood. I'd never taken that as a, mm. as a, as a must-do. Just because France and Germany take a load of migrants, yeah. why do we have to? What's this fair share? Nonsense well, leave about? that aside for the moment. But just the fundamental principle, as a social democrat, I would say: Does a democracy have the right to secure its borders? Does it have the right to decide who enters the country mm. and who stays? Yeah. And I think we do have have that right. We should have that right. And and does it also have the right to limit the numbers of people entering the country? For the simple reason that administratively uh, and and just for the sake of the uh, the infrastructure of the mm. country, there's only so many people we can actually house. Of course, yeah, and we're up against open border zealots yeah. who think we should have no borders. I mean, a lot of people, if you go to uni modern universities, Mike, a lot of people are running around saying this. They yeah. don't believe in borders. Uh, but as, as a politician of the centre-left, I would say you need borders. The open labour market we've had has not been good for British workers. Right. It's put down wages and it's discouraged anyone from training. Uh, that's the issue. But just to return to the migrant issue in the channel, um, we, ha we have a government that has an 80-seat majority, right? And they don't think this is an emergency. No. 30,000 people just rock up, mm. decide to stay. I understand they've removed five people, right? So is that basically, this year you alone? Get, yeah, and if you get here, you stay, right? And that's the policy they're running. Uh, they don't regard it as an emergency. Why? Because if they did, they'd do something about it. They've got the majority. The pandemic, they thought, was an emergency. There's a whole you know, slew of, of emergency powers yeah. they've taken. So they think the climate is an emergency as well. Yeah, and they, so the public, it's very important the public realise this. If the government doesn't do anything about it, it's because it doesn't want to. No. That's why. They could if they wanted, but they don't. And they've got to be held accountable for that. Well, I think we have a problem here that, that, that Peter Hitchens talks about quite a lot, that we have a border force that doesn't want to police the borders. Yeah. We have a police force that doesn't want to arrest anybody, uh, apart from for hate crime. We've mm. got an NHS that doesn't want to treat anybody in case you might be sick and yeah. they might catch something. Yeah. You know, um, We've got a legal system which doesn't work because the lawyers are undermining it constantly. We've got a prison system that doesn't work because we don't mm. put people in uh, for long enough and we let them out too soon. You know, almost every aspect well, of the, our civil um, sort of society is failing. Yeah, isn't well, it? You mentioned the lawyers there. So, in, in relation to the uh, cross-channel issue, there is a solution to it, but the government isn't being honest about it. The new nationality and borders uh, bill they're putting through doesn't doesn't remove us from doesn't effectively deal with the problem. The fundamental problem is that we've got a, a series of post-war uh, agreements: the European Convention, the Fifty-One uh, Refugee Convention which were built basically in a different time. They're not suitable for what we're facing now, right. totally unsuitable. And until, and until politicians are honest about it and say, look, we've actually, if you want to, if you want to have a, a secure border, you've got to be out of those conventions and you've got to decide who comes in. Yeah. That's basic. Because isn't it ridiculous that we are working off something that was that was cooked up sort of yeah. pretty much after the Second World War, when people were quite rightly horrified by yeah. the, what the Nazis did to the Jewish Obviously. population? Yeah. But it's not like that anymore. No. This is a very different creature it's that we're having to face, isn't it? it? It's totally different. The demographics, and I, I have to say, you can't blame people. You know, you look at the recent tragedy in the Channel. You can't blame people wanting to come here if the offer that we give them is what we give them, which is you can stay. If you get if you if you get into the country and you stay, mm. you get access to what I call the social wage. You yeah. get housed, you get medical treatment, you've got a good chance of being an employee, uh, employee and getting a good job. It makes total sense. Yeah. The offer is there, and and honestly, they they the Tories 
they won't be taken seriously until they're honest about this and mm. say you have to get out of the 51 convention and you have to if, if anyone arrives unsolicited there has to be zero chance of them staying now actually as a policy we think probably that there is a very good case for taking uh, uh, people in need in UN camps adjacent to war zones but I'd ask you Mike the question this is the question you must ask other people who is more deserving that the largely fit young men mm. that arrive and can't be removed or families, women and children in UN camps next to war zones. Who mm. is it? Yeah. And we could choose to take them. And we could vet them as well. We don't vet anyone. No. We don't know who they are. I mean, Boris no Johnson said at Tory party conference this year, we ask only to know who they are. Yeah. And that is surely not asking too much. But the people who would seek to kind of um, conceal what's really going on for, for probably what they think are very good reasons... Mm. They want, they, they, they're worried that people are going to become racist. They're worried yeah. that people are going to sort of rise up against migrants and going to go and sort of torch their, uh, their homes and all that kind of thing. We're a very tolerant nation here. We are. But what we are not is, is willing to put up with an ode of nonsense, but wool being pulled over our eyes. The MP that I spoke to the other day, David Simmons, I said to him, what happens to these people when they come? How mm. long do they stay in these places that mm. they get put by Serco? Mm. And do you know what he said? What? He said, oh, a couple of days. Yeah. Which is plainly well, absolutely wrong. No, we don't. We, no, but we're talking about the people yeah. who come yeah. before they're given housing. We mm. know for a fact, mm. and, and you know for a fact, that mm. many of these hotels are booked until like the end of next year. Of course, because that's where they're going to they're going to be still housing people continually. But we we seem to be governed by cretins, Mike, mm. because they because they don't understand incentives. Right. The the incentive that they are giving the world is that if you get here across the channel, which is a dangerous place, and there will be more drownings. Mm. And the drownings are I'm on I'm surprised there haven't been I'm more. amazed. You know, it's a busy shipping lane. So yeah. you, you can't have a system like that. Australia dealt with this system, to, you know, 20 years ago with the temper issue. Yeah. We know about it. And it may, might sound harsh, but the only, if, you, if you want your border under democratic control, which I think is a reason we're not asking for very much, just under democratic control, we decide who comes here. If you want that, you have to... Uh, and people arrive unsolicited, you have to take them offshore or repatriate them mm. immediately. And that's that's the end. And then you get choice. And then you might have a moral and a morally justifiable asylum system. Yes. But of course, there is something to that. And, and I agree with you. However, the actual practicality of it is difficult, isn't it? And that seems to be where we're struggling. Pretty Patel, once again, uh, is saying that she's mm. going to do something. They talk about this bill that's going through. We've had a report which is published this yeah. morning, which yeah. doesn't really say anything that you didn't expect it to say. Yeah. Um, but when you say deport them, where do you deport them to? Do you take them back to France? Well, you, do you wouldn't find out what their country of origin is and take them back there. First things first, Mike. You can't rely on the French of the EU. No, because they don't. I think the animus, the post-Brexit animus, means that they don't want to help us. In, and, and actually, in, in in reality, if you subcontract your border to the French, yeah. you're, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. So you could again. I think it's entirely a matter of political will, right? You saw in the pandemic what a government can do if it wants if to, they do want it. to do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So if they wanted to do it, they could process people offshore. We have plenty of overseas territories ourselves that we have control of. Mm. And the big thing is, Mike, I promise you, if they did this, the flow would stop. Mm. The flow would stop. Who, who is going to pay five, you know, €5,000 to get taken to Ascension Island or to South right. Georgia? They won't do it. No. But they, the government don't want to do this because they can't face the reality. They don't want to look bad in the international uh, world. They can't face the reality that the actual, actually the apparatus that was put in mm. after the war is not fit for purpose now. You only have to look at the demographics. You only have to look at what's happening. This flow will get bigger mm. unless they deal oh, with it. Oh, it will. I've, I'm absolutely no doubt about that. William, stay where you are. We've got lots to do. We've got much to talk about. Uh, the SDP have got some new policies they're going to be unveiling with William Clouston here uh, at Talk Radio. We'll be back. We want your calls, of course, as well today. 03444991000. We're into sort of day two of the new COVID restrictions. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB+, and on the Talk Radio app. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Tony Buxton will be here coming up in the next hour. We've got lots to do. Prime questions returns, of course, today. We'll have another opportunity to watch Sir Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson uh, battling it out. It's been quite lively lately, so we'll see how it goes this week. William Clouston is here with us. Uh, William, you've got some um, some new policies that uh, that mm. you're unveiling at the moment. Tell us about those. Yeah, well, we've, we've produced a new economic screen paper called The End of Indifference. Uh, and we called it the end of indifference because we think that the people that govern us are indifferent, mm. and particularly the Tories. Uh, I mean, you know, 
Labour's not a party of government, right, anyway. so No, uh, not sure yeah. it ever will be I'm not sure again. it will be. No, I think we're living in a one-party state. But um, the Tories are indifferent. They're indifferent, particularly on the economics. And it's an economics green paper, and it's about why what we make where, what what is made where and by whom matters. Mm. And they don't care. I mean, you know, they, they've subscribed to sort of very liberal trade policy the last 30 years. Uh, our, our industries have been gutted. And the consequences of, of gutting our industries is was shown in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, you're scrabbling around trying to get uh, products and uh, supplies. Well, I think it's when we, it. we all realise suddenly, basically, Britain is now a service economy, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, let's look at the data. So manufacturing used to be sort of 30% of GDP. Mm. People actually made stuff, not just to export for our, for ourselves. You know, we actually made stuff. And now it's down at 9%, which mm. is, you can't really go much lower than that. I mean, you've got a, some very heavy stuff, particularly food, has got to mm. be made here. Right. So we've, we've gutted our industry, and this has happened in the States as well. And I say anyone get, getting the uh, train from Penn Station down to Philly, just look out the window, mm. right? And you'll see gutted factories. Same in, you know, in, in, in Philly and Pittsburgh and Cleveland High, all of these places. Yeah. We're governed by people that think it doesn't matter what, what is made where and by whom mm. and basically that's been to China's benefit and we, do you think that's been deliberate as a, as a sort of policy or has it just kind of happened I think it's it's based on an ideology Mike it's based on an, on a difference it doesn't matter just ship it in mm. it'll be cheaper you know but right. you, what you've forgotten if you they've forgotten that some of the people that produce things in this country are also consumers yeah right so it's like the, the you know the old fo- picture of, of the man soaring off the branch he's sitting on eventually if you go to northern towns particularly Midlands in the north mm. Sit, in northern towns and cities are, are gutted. Yeah. Right. The the town centres are, are, are full of vacant shops. Yeah. The whole basic economy, the thing that was the foundation of it, was the industrial job, yeah. and that supported the family and it, it produced a sort of stable society. Mm. And the best idea that the government's had since gutting industry is to fill these towns and cities, particularly the cities, with uh, universities. Yeah. Which gets on to the next point. And but, museums. Yeah. And, and, but, and sort of you know show flats and show yeah. homes for what it used to be like and you kind of turn it into a sort of theme mm. park for the north of england you go yeah well, how about you just do what you used to do but it's not it's not real mike because because no. and and, the, and, the, and this is the, this gets to another thing the, the green paper is quite technical and you can see it on the website on scp.org but you, but basically they've replaced something that was productive and based on investment making stuff yeah with uh basically universities now the universities only have two substantial uh sources of income government grants and student Debt, right? So, you, you you're replacing an economy that used to. There is stuff. also though China, of course, when it comes to the universities, because China's quite good at uh, yeah. sponsoring them, isn't it? <clears throat> well, it's quite it's quite good at sending master students to Manchester University <laughs> and nicking uh, industrial ideas. That's for sure. Indeed, and they've had that. But but leave that aside. You're building an economy that's based on debt. Yeah. And again, do you remember? We're old enough to remember, right? In the, in the 60s, if the trade deficit was was published. Uh, it, it would embarrass the Chancellor. Mm. We don't talk about that now. We don't. We literally don't talk about it. The, the, we're totally indifferent to reporting trade yeah. deficits, but trade deficits matter, right? You run trade deficits, and you will end up being owned, mm. and it destroys prosperity slowly but surely. Look at our our, our trade deficit with the EU: yeah. ninety billion mm. every single year. I during the Brexit thing, we uh, we're Lexit Brexiters. You know, we, we sort of have a lefty version of mm. of Brexit. And everyone's rushing around saying we want free trade deals everywhere. I didn't. Yeah. I don't want. I want. I want industry reshored, and I want it rebuilt here. Yeah. And I want a little bit of trade friction. And I think the people that want open open borders to trade, well, China will own you totally. Mm. Yeah. And it's very foolish. And what about this kind of growing, I would say, enthusiasm for renationalisation of things? And I mean, I even I've kind of <coughs> fallen for it to some extent because mm. the train business is run so badly by yeah. private companies and profiteers yeah, yeah. who shouldn't have any business Shambles. making an absolute fortune out of a business which is not really helping the consumer. Similarly, yeah. the power companies, the energy companies, absolutely ripping it, ripping yeah. it out of us all, nonsense, um, and charging massive amounts of money for for energy which doesn't cost as much as they claim it does. Yeah. Um, and and even water companies who are also uh, absolute thieves and who now we learn mm. are quite happy to pollute the sea and Pump the rivers yeah. um, and pay the fines because it's cheaper than it is to fix the system. Yeah, because the system, and actually Peter Hitchens has been very good on this mm. as well, but the system is structured to basically enable investors to siphon off returns. There's nothing wrong with returns. We, I mean, as a party, the SDB is very, very pro-market. Listen, I'm very pro-making right, money. I want I people am. to make we money. We are. We are. But but there's a there's what we call a sort of a, a dividing line, a, a, a threshold, right? And and again, I don't think you're asking for very much to ask 
uh, your railway system to be nationalised. It is anyway, Mark. Mm. I mean, all the heavy lifting's done by rail. Yeah, trip. I mean, we're already subsidising. We subsidise it, and, and I, I would, and also it denies the. I get back onto the indifference thing. The Tories don't care about any of this stuff, right? No. So they they would sooner Deutsche Bahn, you know, SNCF, mm. the Dutch railway companies. Don't ever let a Tory say we say you know could we run our we're against nationalisation we we don't think the British government could run our railways well, the Tories think that other governments can mm. run our railways because they let them yeah right and it's a lack of and pride the same, and the same goes for the energy companies but it's a bit like handing a guy who's about to burgle your house yeah. the money to do it there you go here's a hundred quid no, come and steal everything you like nonsense and actually people are very busy now and you you've talked on the show a lot about the electricity situation yeah. and utilities generally but. People don't have people don't have time to chop and change every no. six months to get the best also, deal. Also, it's not that easy. It isn't. It's very difficult. And it's and, and as soon as something goes wrong, the state is always there to. to so it's a sort of phony type of mm. privatization. It's nonsense. Yeah, I, it's I, like what are we doing bailing out these electricity companies no. that only started up yeah. in order to profiteer from somebody else's supply? Yeah, you're kind of going. Well, you don't even do anything. Oh, it's you're a bet. literally You're literally the guy yeah. in the, in the, in the uh, winner's circle at the racing um, taking bets from people. They're taking bets. And, and, and then when, they, when their bet goes wrong, the state has to step in. Yeah. But it's too complicated. It's basic, Mike. You, you can have power generation, and we should have nuclear power. We're very, mm. as a party, you, won't, you can't reindustrialize as we want to reindustrialize if you don't get your shoulder behind nuclear power. There won't be the cheap energy, the reliable energy source that you need. So, no, the state... I think what we've had, basically, is, is 30, 40 years of, of, of sort of liberal trade policy, liberal economics. It doesn't really matter what, what's done. And I think most people, most people in, in reality see that's a mistake. Mm. I, I don't think we're asking for very much. I think we're asking the state to do what it probably should do. And you're not a, a, a fan, I take it, of the Green New Deal. Well, and, and I think because they keep talking about building energy uh, <clears throat> machines and, and building an, indu- an industry effectively <clears throat> and <clears throat> producing hundreds and maybe thousands of jobs. I don't see it. No, well, I would, I would uh, on this, I think we have to be very careful. Again, in the Green Paper, we touch on that uh, climate change, hard truths uh, yeah. section. Um, we're responsible for 1% of CO2 emissions. This country is already, we've already de-industrialized, right? The people <clears throat> that have lost their jobs in industry have already paid a price for this. Um, I don't think, if we're honest about it, and not many politicians would say this, but if we're honest about it, we can't. Well, there's do, an obvious reason we do, why we can't do much about this. <laughs> we can't do much about this. No, I'm not. I'm not against a, 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 a reasonable adaptation towards renewables. And actually, I think renewables. But which we've already got, though. We've already got, and, and renewables are more uh, sort of geostrategically are, are quite sensible because actually the Russians can't. You know, to turn the ta- tap off, can't turn the window. Yeah, so strategically, no. But you, you, I don't. I'm well, not against not that. Not at the moment, anyway. Not at the moment. But but the big, the big, the big problem was was nuclear energy. The the, the big failure again. I would say, when should we have done it? 25 years ago, when Blair was in. But mm. I think Blair made so many mistakes. That was yet another mm. uh, that he made. He should have invested when he had the chance. They were anti-nuclear energy, and now we're having to scrabble around. And that's the solution. Yeah, I yeah. think that's absolutely right. Well, William, listen. I wish you luck. Um, uh, you'd always you. have uh, a place here. If Very you kind wish to have it. Um, because we know an awful lot of people that listen to this show yeah. listen to you and think that sounds quite sensible. But of course, the other the other thing that you will always get, which is what we used to say about the Lib Dems, it's all very well talking like that because when you get into power, you can't do any of it. Mm. But that's another conversation for another time. Um, but thank you for coming in. Pleasure. Um, we'll thank see you. you soon. William Clouston, the head of the uh, SDP. Uh, we will talk to him again, I'm sure, very soon. Possibly not in person, but uh, it's always nice to see real people in real chairs in real studios because you know. I'm not going back to this ridiculous world of Zoom. Yes, we still do it. And yes, it can be very helpful. But we want to talk about the COVID restrictions. We want to talk about uh, the state of the nation in this show today. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Dr. Wakara Rashid, consultant neurologist and MS specialist as well, because there's a few stories uh, that have come across the desk this morning uh, to do with the NHS, to do with cancer treatments, to do with waiting times. Um, The NHS still... Uh, is not really getting to grips with what it should be getting to grips with. And what we've heard, of course, now uh, is that Boris Johnson wants to have this booster jab rollout uh, as the main focus of everything he's doing. He's offering 15 quid a time to the doctors. Um, Dr. Wakar, very good morning to you. Welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Um, we seem to have entered uh, uh, sort of another rabbit hole, don't we? I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's how it feels. No, I think you're right. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the less news, the better, and I could do the holiday as well myself. <laughs> um, really good. Um, yeah, I, we, we, we know, I, 
Um, we're in deja vu. We're, it's Groundhog Day, and we're going through another cycle of it um, currently. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately for the people who work in the NHS, I'm sure they feel the same way because I'm sure it's pretty relentless if you're in a hospital and if you're a doctor and if you're a nurse and all of that. But then facing the the added kind of complication of of worrying about whether you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, will you have a job come uh, you know the spring of next year? La la la. Um, the booster the booster rollout is 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 going. I would have thought as well as can be expected. But what do you make of, uh, of the, this, this kind of obsession once more that the government seems to have about making sure that everyone's vaccinated? Because everything seems to be heading in that direction. Yesterday, we talked a lot about um, this new variant, which on the face of it doesn't appear to be particularly dangerous at the moment. And there's nothing to suggest that it's going to get any more dangerous. And yet everything's pointing towards this kind of vortex of, of getting your third uh, boost jab. So I, th- I think a lot of people I, I'm speaking to are confused as well. Uh, as to um, who needs, uh, we've got a little bit more clarity now and that it seems to be everybody needs the booster. Before uh, yesterday it was uh, who needs it, who doesn't, what timescale and so on. Right. And, uh, you know, it seems to be sort of changing on a daily basis. And uh, so there was, I can only describe as panic over the weekend. I listened, I, I made myself watch um the television news in the morning on sunday it was and it was just hysteria it's it's, it's unbelievable isn't it some of the stuff uh, that you, you know, see i was watching open mouthed really i just couldn't believe it and so you get this policy which is uh, an announcement and it's a raft of announcements with increasing panic and it's panicking everybody yeah. and so forth i'm not uh, you know there, there could well be uh, uh, there's very good reasons for the booster that's uh, i should say because there's clear waning of effect uh, from the vaccine over time and so uh, in the right people the booster is really really important and it was seemingly and it still will uh, coupled with natural immunity and endemicity of this virus it, it was keeping a lid on covid over the winter mm. to manage portions both in terms of these positive cases and hospital admissions we were doing you know we were ex- doing acceptably well uh, we always have a, a winter crisis in terms of beds and so we were going through that usual cycle but uh, you know uh, there was um, a stable uh, there was a stable number um, happening in in the last month or so and you've got to remember this time last year we were in full lockdown so we were doing very much better than last year right. but then come about and it's you know all health broken loose but isn't the point as well though Wakar, that yes we are doing better because as we should be doing better because of the vaccine and all of that um but if they're going to take this attitude to every single variant they don't like the look of, and, and you and I have spoken about this before, there's variants popping up literally every few hours. I mean, there's thousands of them, right? This one is, is has been focused upon. I'm not quite sure why. Um, and it almost seems as though they're focusing on it because they want to, rather than because it's any more you know, likely to harm anyone uh, than anything else. It's, it's clearly not sustainable, um, but it's, it's great for news. Um, you know, it was just wall-to-wall uh, Omicron the last few days. But, you know, from a, uh, from a scientific point of view and from a, uh, a population point of view in terms of what it's doing to people, this is not sustainable. No. Uh, lots of talk about living with a virus, but we're not. We're not making any attempt, it seems to me, to live with a virus, uh, from what I can tell. And you've got to remember uh, the measures that have been introduced were measures that uh, people who were advising uh, wanted introduced regardless of the Omicron. So, you know, this, these are measures that they've been wanting to do for a month or so mm. now. Into the right. And it's again, it's a very mixed message, isn't it? Because one, on the front page of the Daily Mail this morning, don't cancel Christmas, says Boris. But unfortunately for him, because of what he's already asked us to do, people are cancelling Christmas without actually being asked to. Because I'm hearing every single day now of people having their office party cancelled. I had a guy on yesterday who's an events manager saying that three of his clients have dropped out this week alone because they're not able to, or they don't feel that they can have a Christmas party because of the uncertainty. We don't know really until the 18th of December whether people can go away on holiday. The price of testing is going up. I mean, it's, it's just chaos. Uh, and it's because it doesn't look as if there's any control or as uh, elected politicians don't appear to have any control. Mm. Uh, so what seems to happen is you get um, these sort of uh, you get these press conferences. I, I purposely don't watch them, but uh, 
you get these press conferences which various things are said and various reporters beg for more yeah. restrictions and then um, we get initial lines say no and then you see this sort of um, whittling away of resolve or whatever it is and eventually we get the restrictions come in yeah. uh, and it's because we don't seem to have uh, a, an elected control so we don't seem to have an ability to push back and say, look, um, have you actually done the proper due diligence on this? Where is the actual yeah. evidence that we should be doing this? It just seems to be people's opinions who, if they shout loud enough... Well, that's the thing. Enough, and, 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 and all you really get back in return is, well, at least we're doing better than Austria. And you go, well, it's not really a yardstick that I wish to measure myself by, you know. But, but the bad news today uh, is basically 740,000 cancer tests missed since the first lockdown 740,000 people that is who should have been seen by a doctor who should have been screened for cancer who now have cancer um, uh, but who weren't seen because of the failures of the NHS so um, this is why I mean you know not many uh, some have though more than just myself but this is why I um, sort of been sort of maintaining my sort of um, questioning about the mm. whole thing because uh, um, and I, it's not because I mean, I, you know COVID is very important and uh, it's a very serious health concern. No, but well, Carl, you've always been very but, sensible on this, you know, and that's why we yeah. like to talk to you because you are very yeah. measured. You're not yeah. at all. You have no agenda. You're you're in the medical business as well, so you know what you're talking about. Um, but you also question some of the things that are happening. Well, I you know I'm I'm sticking up. I think I'm sticking up for the people I see. Um, as part of my practice, because uh, no, the NHS doesn't seem to be interested in other conditions. No. Um, sure, it is, but it doesn't seem to be from no. when you hear the press conferences. So whether it's cancer, mm. whether it's neurological disorders, and people with chronic illness, there's millions of people with chronic illness in general, and you've read the figures for cancer. Where, where, where's the NHS for them at the moment? Mm. And uh, you know, we we're supposed to be providing Chris Whitty's supposed to be providing a balanced service and balanced device. I, I'm desperately desperate for somebody in the health department, the Department of Health, uh, to actually say, yes, I've got a good uh, health understanding of all these issues, but I'm also uh, an understanding of the wider issues in terms of how it affects people as a whole. You cannot have, I don't want to run the country, I didn't become a doctor to run the country, and scientists shouldn't want to run the country, no. they didn't become scientists to run the country, but this is what's happened. We need actual elected politicians who've got good health knowledge so they can integrate the advice, the scientific advice and health advice they're getting, but also have a wider knowledge about how it's affecting people yeah. as a whole. And we don't seem to have that. I mean, when we see Chris Whitty at that last press conference, I think it was on Saturday, saying, you know, when you raise your glasses this Christmas, you know, raise them to the people who invented the vaccine. And I'm like, get lost. I mean, I'm very grateful and very happy that we've got some very clever people in the world who have invented things that can help people stay safe. But I am not um, going to worship them. I'm not going to put them on some altar. I'm not going to say that they're the greatest people that ever walked the earth and I want to listen to every single word they have to say. No, enough already. Stop obsessing about COVID. Stop obsessing about the vaccines. Govern the bleeding country and get on with it. I think people are losing touch. Um, so, you know, the more you keep pushing... Uh, with what seems to be a, an unbalanced um, uh, policy, uh, people are, you're not going to take people with you, and uh, so people are losing touch. And that's quite dangerous because, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen, but if there is, uh, whether it's COVID or some other thing, a, uh, you know, a, a, another significant new health concern, I, I'm not sure how many people will uh, will actually take this as seriously. You know, it's, no. it's the boy and wolf scenario, isn't it? And, right. uh so you really got to take people with you, and that means you've got to be balanced in what you say. And actually, I think you, you know, reflective. I was always taught um, going to medicine: be reflective uh, and explain. You don't, uh, you don't try and shout somebody down. No, and, uh, and also don't ever forget that the people. Uh, are the, the important people, not the doctors, yeah. not the nurses. Yes, they do a very good job, but the most important people are the people who are the patients, actually. And they're the ones who need help. They're the ones who are vulnerable. They're the ones who are at their kind of weakest point when they come to see you. So don't, you know, sort of blackmail them. Don't make them feel guilty. Don't make them feel bad. Don't make them feel as if they're doing something wrong. Don't make them feel like they can't go to the NHS if they're sick, which is all of the things that this government has done in the past two years. I think we, um, we, this is not going to end well for us if we keep going down this route mm. for anyone. Because, no. you know, it doesn't lead to good healthcare, it doesn't lead to good interactions with people we see. It's, it's not the way I would want to do things at no. all.
And I mean, what's your sense? And I know that uh, we're, we're having asked you this question, you know, your sense may be known better than anybody else's um, in terms of medical uh, knowledge. But yeah, the Omicron um, variant, as it's now called, um, my sense is that it's going to go away. And we're going to find in a couple of weeks time that, that probably we should have been maybe slightly less cautious. Um, I, I, I think either way, whether it becomes the dominant strain or goes away, it is not going to be any more severe and maybe even less severe than what we've currently yeah, got. In exactly. Sort of, uh, and, and it will probably um, be, you know, one of many things that comes and goes over well, the course of the next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, as you say, I mean, this is a natural flow of things where, where infections of viruses go. They change uh, because they're trying to... Uh, all a virus is trying to do is, is trying to maintain its its um, its presence, mm. and so there's no advantage to the virus to evolve into a more severe form. It, it dies with the host, so it's, it doesn't help it mm. at all. So, um, and what was said in South Africa in terms of um, where, uh, the people who actually were describing the case is nobody actually required hospitalisation. Hopefully, that stays the case. But you're always going to get mm. eventually in somebody who's got significant other uh, comorbidity somebody who gets uh, it more severely but again there's no need to panic because that happens unfortunately uh, to any any uh, uh, infection but it's about retaining proportionality there's no advantage to a virus to become more severe it, it, it tends to get less severe as time goes on mm, absolutely right good to talk to you Wakar thank you very much indeed Dr Wakar Rashid consultant neurologist MS specialist of course as well giving us the benefit of his view uh, on what has been going on but it is absolutely unforgivable in my view that so many cancer tests were missed so many cancer tests didn't happen uh, since the beginning of the lockdown and so many people who are now sitting listening to this show with cancer could have had a much better outcome if only they'd been able to see somebody earlier if only they'd been able to have their cancer detected earlier if only the nhs worked properly hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, Tonya Buxton's here and she's not happy. And that annoys me even more because anyone who makes you unhappy, uh, I declare to be my enemy. Do you know what it is, Mike? This morning, you know, normally I come in here, you know, full of hate and rage Mm. and bluster and ready to fight. But I'm winded. Mm. I'm winded and I'm and I'm seeing it all around me. I feel I feel physically sore from what they're doing to us. I really feel like our government and the governments around the world are replacing hope and light with fear and darkness. I think the power's gone to their heads. Mm. There is no point in taking any notice of this ridiculous variant. Mm. It's just ridiculous what's being done. On Monday when I was watching the news, hearing about children being masked up again, and I know about the psychological harms Mm. that these masks do to children. Yeah. 
as uh, Rob Brinder said this morning on the telly, he said enough emotional violence to our children. It's and awful. that's exactly what it is. It's emotional violence. And and actually I've I don't know that they've got to me, Mike. I I'm I'm feeling like I've 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 lost some of the power to mm. be fighting anymore. And yeah. I'm and I'm You'll get it so back, winded by this. And we've got to and if I, as an adult, who is really quite resilient, yeah. is feeling like this, can you imagine what they're doing to our children? I know. And well, did you see that story? I got, sent this, I got sent this by Liz Cole, who we had on the other day, mm-hmm. who was absolutely incandescent with rage about the whole business of schools and the teachers going off on their little jolly, having the teachers' oh, awards, yes. did right? Oh, you see that? Where nobody How has lovely. to wear a mask at yeah. all, and we're all heroes. Isn't it wonderful, yeah. you know? And Nadim Zahawi's there, not wearing a mask. Shame and on him. Shame on you, Nadim. Shame on Check you. Check this out, right? This is a school in Cumbria, Wigton Infant School. A four-year-old boy developed hypothermia after his school put him in isolation in an outdoor classroom. Do you know, Mike, you know what? what do you know what I'm struggling with now is that I actually am feeling the visceral pain. I feel like I'm one step away from tears mm. all the time at the moment. Um, I was, um, you know, the lovely Molly Kinsley, don't yes. you, from um, Us For Them. And if anybody is interested in protecting their children... Us for them is an amazing group of women yes. who are really fighting for children. And I just want, can I read out this poem Please from this do. child because it really it moves me. Um, it, it was sent to us for them um, by a teenager, and it says, "And now I wear a mask, so I cannot be seen. You cannot hear my quiet voice. Gosh, I'm, I don't know. Why I'm getting so upset, but I am upset by it all. You cannot hear me scream." Control me now when I am scared, and shut me in all day, and take away. What made me? It's a heavy price to pay. I'm so sorry I'm emotional. Do you know what, Mike? I'm going to let it out on the radio. Do it. So I I came in last week after my mother-in-law died and I was all tough with it. But my mother-in-law died because of lockdown. Mm. She died because her doctor couldn't be bothered to see her, kept doing phone consultations, phone consultations. So I think the news about these 75,000 people who haven't been seen Mm. because... Of lockdown. It's lockdown. It's not COVID. COVID is now a flu. Right. It has the same death rate as the flu. We've yeah. never done this before. But we are killing, killing people because of lockdown. Right. And all the lockdown things that are happening. So I was quite tough, wasn't I, last you were. week? But I feel really sad with all this news and the fear-mongering and everything that's going on. Gosh, I'm sorry. It's really got to me. It has got don't to be me. Sorry. sorry. Let me take a deep breath. No, don't be sorry. Listen. <sighs> This is what we are here for, right? Because I said to Judy this morning, I said, look, we have to help each other because that's where we are now. And we can't just do what we're told anymore because we don't want to. Because they don't give us any reason to do what we're told. The economy is in um, the the bucket uh, because of the COVID restrictions, right? People, people are, you know, all this nonsense. Front page of Daily Mail today, right? It says, you know, Boris, don't cancel Christmas. Well, sorry, mate. It's already happening because people are cancelling Christmas because they don't know what they can do. We just don't know. And it's and I can see in the in the eyes of my children that they're that, you know, the the fear is this going to happen again? What's going on? And what gets to me most of all is I have nothing to gain by coming on here and talking. Right. I come on, so I'm snivelling. I come on as a mother, as a working woman. As a thank you, thank you. As a working mother, as a as as just someone who's got the people's best interests yeah. at heart. That's all I'm interested of in. So when I come on, go on Twitter and say, look, I'm not wearing masks. They are bad. They affect psychologically. They yeah. affect children's Which psychology. Which is entirely it their your learning. choice. The battering I get from these people. Who are these people who think it's all right? right. Who are these people who are, are constantly pushing for lockdown? Why didn't all the politicians vote against mm. having COVID measures till yeah. Mar- March 2022, yeah. Mike? Right. They're dangling that mm. fear on top of us, that control. They've gone mad with power. They've gone mad. They, they don't totally care have. about us. No, they don't. And I don't understand what the end game is. I really don't. You ask me this all the time. And you I say, do. look, Mike, why can you not see that there's something else going on here. I can't see that. Maybe it's because I don't want to see it. I don't think it's that, though. I think I just don't believe that there is that much kind of, um, I don't know, malfeasance in the in the minds of these people. I, say, I, think they just, I think they just like the power. I think they don't want to let it go. You know, I was at the end of last week, before this South African nonsense came up, I was at the point where I thought, do you know what? This is all on. This is all done. Yeah. It's all over. And I think that's why we're so upset because we thought we were out of it. But we that's... weren't talking about it anymore. We weren't really talking about COVID. We were talking no. about migrants. We were talking about Europe. We were talking about, you know, how the economy is going to bounce back, how Christmas is going to be great for people. 
and now suddenly we've just been literally stabbed in the heart. But that's the coercion, yeah. isn't it? If you look at how you torture, psychologically torture someone, it's it's what the government have done. It's yeah. like they've done to- mental, emotional, psychological torture mm. on us for the past 20 we've months. We've said this before, coercive behaviour is now a crime. It's a crime. And, and I, wa- I want doing. someone to hold the governments of the world... I want to hold them up and say, why are you doing that? Yeah. And and what's going on in Greece? My, my God. I can't believe that my my brothers and sisters in Greece, I can't believe Mitsotakis has done this. He said, well, I've got to do it for their own good. How much harm has been done in history for other people's own also, good? Also, sorry, he was not elected for our own good. No. Right? He's elected to run the country. Like I, I was liking it to like football manager. You're in charge of Manchester United for a short period of time. You don't represent Manchester United and what their history is and what their legacy is. You're only there for a short time. Same with prime ministers, same with presidents. They're in for a bit and then they're gone. It's not for them to say what's good for you or me or anybody else. But what's incredible is that these people who are over 60 who have decided that they don't want to put this medication into yeah. the system, which is entirely up to them. We have some great antivirals now that are working incredibly well. So if you don't want to take a vaccine, which is, a, it should be up to you. If you, you know, I think vaccines are good for someone who's older yeah. and has comorbidity. But if you're very Julia overweight, says but this, right? And Julia, who's very much in favour of, of, of the vaccine, she says, look, people are entitled to take bad decisions and make bad decisions. You're yeah. allowed to smoke cigarettes if you want. You're allowed to drink to excess if you like. Some people even take drugs which are illegal or legal. Yeah. But you don't tell people that, you know, we must tell you exactly what you put into your body, whether you eat this or don't eat that. or You know, it's, that's not their job. It's not their job. And to, to find people... So your average pensioner, I'm going to talk in euros now, gets about 780 euros a month. Yeah. That's what their pension is. And they're now saying that they're going to find them 100 euros a month if they don't get vaccinated. Now, you know, where is that coming from? And, yeah. and on top of that... This is this is a, a, a sl- sinister slip into mm. complete um, uh, taking over our body. So will they tell us what children we can have and when right. we can have children, what other drugs we can have? I mean, once you mandate uh-huh. a medication, oh, yeah. there's no going back. There really it. isn't. It's really, really frightening. It's and I don't know what's going on in hell. Greece. Greece, the, the, the motherland of mm. democracy, has become a totalitarian state. Mm. I mean, I said to somebody just the other day, because we forget a lot of European countries have have been much more, say, um, dictatorial than Britain has been. Yeah. You know, we have a long history. England in particular. Yeah, England has a long history of being a democratic place, a place of civilised behaviour. Where places like Spain had Franco, you know, Italy had Mussolini, the Greeks probably... Uh, oh, God, they had similar. the Juntas, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been military rule, there's been, you know, and a lot of European countries are not that far from that. No. So, to some extent, I'm not as surprised, maybe, as, as, as I should be. But it's just extraordinary that, that the thing that I find staggering, and I'm told that there were people calling another radio station, which I will not name, um, saying it was a good idea. See, who are these people? Who are these people that want this to happen, that want to take away our liberty and our humanity? I mean, I just don't get it. On Monday when I was watching Sturgeon say about these new measures that she's having, bringing in for a variant that we know is inconsequential. In three weeks' time, when when the kind of results have come through, we will know it's just a little variant. It's mm. a cold like variant mm. and it's and if and if I'm wrong I will come here and I will apologise. Yes. But I don't feel I am wrong. Well there isn't the any studies. evidence at the moment suggesting anything to the contrary to that. But that day thirty five people died yeah. of COVID, which is awful. Any death is awful. Mm. But we are a population of seventy million people. Well, do you know, my friend Donald, who is going to be in tomorrow because he got his MBE yesterday at Windsor Castle. Congratulations which was a lovely to moment. Donald. We were out last night. Uh, he put out a tweet um, that was retweeted by somebody else um, about how there were now something like 11 cases of this new variant in Scotland, which apparently have all come from one event, right? So they're all related. So yeah. it's not even as if it's you know rip- ripping through the, the, com- the country. Somebody had said there's 80,000 people in Aberdeenshire with no power yes, because of the storm. How about you fix that? Yeah, fix that. Do your that. job. Get on with your it. Your job is to fix the power in places so people can have heat and hot water and live. And you know, there is a theory, and you know, like I said, I'm not an immunologist or a virologist, but there is a theory that if the Omicron, lovely Greek name variant, mm. was left to kind of go through schools 
and and the children get it and they they develop natural immunity mm. it will set them up for life yeah. because it's a cold like and you know how it doesn't affect kids at all no. so you know there is there is this other school of thought another scientific school of thought that gets no airway yeah. it gets it's not we're not allowed to debate it and we do now have some fantastic antiviral drugs so yeah. what are we doing I what know. are we doing to people and what are we doing to hospitality yeah. and consumers i mean you know what happened with the rail strike on Mon on Black Friday meant that many many people didn't go to the shops. So people are on their knees yeah. trying to sell their wares, yeah. trying to get people into restaurants, trying to get their businesses going, and then you knock them mm. for this, and you don't understand what you're doing emotionally to people. No. You are wrecking them. You are, and they are. They are. We're going to stop for a moment. Um, Tony Buxton is here. Uh, we're talking about some very very important things here. This is Talk Radio across the UK. Online, on DAB+, and on the Talk Radio app. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Now, we've got some Boris Johnson. I don't want to uh, upset anyone here, but let's have a listen uh, to what Boris Johnson had to say a little bit earlier on uh, this week. We haven't, uh, we haven't ruled out anything. I, I've, got, I've got to tell you, I, I, and I think another uh, lockdown of the kind that we've had before is extremely uh, unlikely. I'll be, I'll be upfront with you uh, about that. Uh, but uh, we keep everything under constant review. In our fight against, um, the, against the, the Delta variant, we think the, that it's, it's basically been going uh, our way or going the, the way that we that we planned. So you're seeing, although cases remain uh, high or high-ish, uh, you're seeing a decline in the numbers of, of admissions to hospital and a decline in the number of, uh, of deaths. And, and that's the crucial thing that we've been, we've been following. So at the moment, uh, we, see, we, see no, we see no cause to move uh, to Plan B. Uh, but uh, as I've said to you many, many times before, we've got to keep that under review. But the measures we're talking about uh, to deal with, with Omicron are, are uh, as, as I've said, uh, distinct. I mean, when you listen to him say that, those words you go so you're saying that uh, hospital admissions are down deaths are down um infections are down but he said what he says and what he they say every but we, time but it's everything's a spoiler under alert. review it's a spoiler alert yeah. he says well we have no plans to and right. then that's what happens right. how stupid do his, does he think we are how stupid it's the same pattern mm. it's the same pattern of psychological coercion yeah. i want to take the government and the governments of the world to court. Where are the, all the human rights yeah. people? Where are they? I think we they? need to talk to Francis Hall, you know, the barrister. I think I we think might we need do. to start getting together and going, you know what? We're going to start with a lawsuit now. I, I, I completely agree with you. But where are all these human rights people? Where are they? You know, when it oh, comes well, they don't to, care about us. When it comes to mandating, you know, people in Austria, I, I've not heard them come out and stand up. When it comes to forcing people who are over 60 in Greece to pay £100 fines if they, if, if they don't want to take the vaccine, where are, are the human rights people? Right. Where are they? Why are they so silent I on know. this? Why, why don't these question. people matter anymore yeah. to them? Right. Why is there just one thing? As we said, on Monday, 35 people died of COVID. It's a tragic death. 75,000 yeah, well, yeah, people have not been diagnosed, uh, have not had their appointment. Also, there will, have been, there will also have cancer. been about 1,535 people who died of something else. Thank on the you. same day. On the same day. Right? Because yeah. that we know. About yeah. 1,600 people die every single day in this country. Yeah. But we don't lock anybody up for it. We don't tell you not to cross the road in case you get hit by a car. But I think all the mainstream media um, outlets who constantly report the deaths mm. of COVID, with COVID, within 28 yeah. days, I think they have to be held account yeah. to account as well. Mm. They can't keep getting away with it scot-free. No. They can't keep getting away well, with this fear Well, that press conference was a joke, wasn't it, on Saturday? I don't oh, know if you watched it. I, I'm, I'm so sickened. Journalism is dead and I don't know whether it's because they're stupid or mm. whether they're compromised yeah. but why are they not asking the questions that everybody else around Britain is screaming at yeah. the television as why are you yeah. doing this this is not necessary also as you've often said uh, what is it something like 300 variants a week are yes. found right yes. suddenly they found this I think one it's 3,000 actually or 3,000 whatever it is it's a lot, like of, lot yeah. of variants anyway um, a lot more than three which yeah. is what we've apparently had um, none of which actually have ended up doing anything because I mean even the Delta the variant which we were told was a lot more dangerous, isn't really. It's not more you dangerous. Know. And if this one is more transmissible but weaker, that's good. That's a really good right? thing. That means it's and dying out. And people in South Africa who we spoke to and others have spoken to um, say, well, we haven't seen any hospitalizations at all. 
It's insanity. And you're kind of going, but it's sorry. The it's the timing, isn't why, it, Mike? Why are children now having to wear masks then? And why are we being told to wear them? Why uh, are we supposedly now going to have to take a second test when we come back from wherever it is we go at a huge cost? I was saying to you earlier, they want 400 quid for a PCR test at Heathrow, I, which is the uh, the one you take as you as you come back and you get it in an hour. That's 400 outrageous. Quid. That's, there is no ground to that type of money. I think these tests cost about 50p to make yeah. or something under a pound yeah. to make. So how can you justify 400 pounds? They're the same test. But you have to, you know, do it and, 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 and wait, say, maybe a little bit longer than maybe one day for 100. But you, we are all pawns. And, and the worst is our children are, are pawns in this dark, psychological, coercive drama that the government mm. are doing. It's got nothing to do with this variant. It's got all to do. It's got to, all to do with the timing. Yeah. Oh, be good, you silly little minions. Yes. And we might Idiots. let you have Christmas, yeah. you fools. And why aren't people waking up to how they're fooling us? Have a look and have a look and see what your MP's doing. How mm. are they behaving? Are they worried about a variant? No, they're not. They're partying. They're seeing each yeah. other. Boris was in the paper front pages today um last november having parties whenever the, uh, everyone else was in lockdown right. no problem he can do is he frightened because let me he should be frightened he's not in great shape but no. he should be frightened mm. is he he's not mm. so it's all about controlling the people it's all about power and we the people have to take it back yeah we have to take it back for ourselves for our sanity and for our children yeah i think that's absolutely right i will cheer you up with one piece of Go news on, give me some good this news. is from australia right yeah this is so ludicrous that you will guffaw with laughter we did it on plank of the week yesterday Fremantle, which is out in Western Australia, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they have it's where they have the America's Cup. It's a beautiful part of the world, lovely. Do you know what they've done? They've put, what? <laughs> it's hard to believe, they've put a curfew on cats. Cats? Cats. What? They've put a curfew on cats, right? So cats are not allowed out after dark. Because? Because of COVID. No way. I'm not joking. No that, that cannot be serious. It's true. That cannot be so serious. So true, right, that if you live there, uh, you can phone a hotline, a cat hotline, cat line, um, and you can hire a cat trap. Because if your neighbour's cat gets out, you know, you need to trap it. And then I just to... can't believe this. And again, here you go. There, yeah. there you go. The theatre oh, going absurd. This is really important. Because this will stop the spread of COVID. And you're kind of going, have you gone completely insane? Also, have you ever tried to... I mean, the phrase herding cats is a phrase, right? Have you ever tried to get a cat to do anything it doesn't want to do? No way. Cats look at you do what they want. You mean, you you don't own a cat. They own you. They own you. Absolutely. That is hilarious. That has cheered me up. And that is peak (laughs) madness of COVID, right? And it's funny. It is funny. Unlike what we're going through, which is not funny... This is funny. It is funny. Thank you. You've cheered me up. I've there got a smile go. on my You've face You've got a smile now, on your face. And I'm, I'm sorry that, that you were upset earlier. And I, But I feel your pain, honestly. I do. And uh, I'm going to be uh, close to tears myself soon if people come in here crying. I can't be having it. It's no <laughs> good. I'll be puncturing my macho image. <laughs> but I'm the same. I'm like close to tears half the time. It's ridiculous. Anyway, Tony Buxton, thank you very much. Thank you. Be strong as much as you can because you are somebody that a lot of people look up to. I promise you that. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, uh, however, before we do that, I'd just like to address the nation uh, with a subject that we haven't spoken about for a little while uh, here on Talk Radio, um, but it's all about the holidays, Christmas, you know. Uh, Harry and Meghan apparently have got a massive deal with Spotify uh, to produce podcasts, right? And uh, there's a bit of a problem at the moment because, incredibly, despite the fact that they seem to have no problem whatsoever running off at the mouth at every opportunity, uh, suffering, some might say, from a case of verbal diarrhoea, they haven't made any content for Spotify. Apparently, Spotify are going, hang on a minute, we've signed a deal for 18 million quid. So far, you've only done one podcast, I think. I mean, blimey, that's not very good, is it? Let's have a look at what they did last year for the holiday special. Welcome to our 2020 holiday special from Ultra Audio. I'm Harry. And I'm Megan. As we all know, it's been a year and we really want to honour the compassion and kindness that has helped so many people get through it. And at the same time, to honour those who have experienced uncertainty and unthinkable loss. Our thoughts have been with you, especially during this holiday season. (laughs) Sure. Our thoughts have been with you. No, they haven't. I'm Harry. I'm an idiot. I mean, I mean, I could do a podcast for them. Maybe I should offer. I'll tell you what, guys. Hello. 
I'm Harry, uh, and I'm Megan, and uh, I'd like to say, uh, have a lovely Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Uh, we'll be thinking about you. Yeah, you're in our thoughts all the time. At all times, we are thinking about you. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go outside and do some juggling. Uh, uh, I'm not going to make it home for Christmas, though, however, even though Granny's not very well, um, and even though my dad likes me to come back, because, you know, uh, they're all a bit racist back there in Windsor, so well, I'm not coming. Yeah, that's right. Don't tell them anything else, because we need the money. We only pay uh, good top dollar for words so if you give us more money we'll do another podcast okay merry christmas and happy holidays talk radio across the uk online on dab and on your smart speaker the independent republic of mike graham on talk radio if you enjoyed that be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1 monday to friday on talk radio via dab online or via the talk radio app and if you have an opinion on the stories we cover we'd love to hear from you call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at talk radio during the show to have your say mid-morning with mike graham talk radio Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.